Basically, the guy that the Holy Spirit told Simeon, if you guys remember the story in Luke 2, the Holy Spirit told Simeon, you will not die until you see the Lord's Messiah. And then Joseph and Mary had taken Jesus when they, to follow the law. They went to the temple, and while he was at the temple, the Holy Spirit had prompted Simeon to go to the temple. And there he saw Jesus as a baby, and he held the Lord's salvation, he said, in his arms. And he said, now your servant is prepared to die. And that was one of the big questions we had last week was, <clears throat> are you prepared to die? Are you a Christian? Have you, have you experienced salvation? And if you have, are you prepared to die? Because I love the part where Simeon says this, and not, he very rarely gets spoken about in the Christmas story, but I wanted to bring that out because I thought it was important that the Holy Spirit had promised him that he would not die until he saw the Lord's Messiah, and he did see the Lord's Messiah. These are true stories that we're talking about. And I'm going to end this with this thought tonight. God did what he said he would do. That's what he told Simeon. Excuse me. So what I want to talk about tonight, I want to lay something at your lap before we go into the first question, though. The book of Luke in the Bible is written to a specific person. Does anybody know who that person might be? Who did Luke write the Bible to? Or the book of Luke to? Who did he write it to? Anybody? Jacob? Theophilus, very good. He says in the beginning of the book, most excellent Theophilus. And the reason why I want to bring this up to you guys tonight is I really want to, I love to personalize scripture for myself. I like to take myself and put myself in the story. And I'm a little longer in the tooth than you guys. So Simeon made a lot of sense to me last week when he held the Lord, when he held baby Jesus in his arms and he looked into the eyes of our Savior as a child. So think about it this way. You're Theophilus tonight. And you go to the mailbox, and you open up the mailbox. And in this slot is a letter from Luke to you. And you read this stuff that we talk about in the book of Luke. Would you believe it? Would you have faith to just go, that's amazing. If you were Theophilus, what would you do with this? Would you question it? Would you hesitate? Or would you just by faith believe? That's what we're going to talk about tonight in the Christmas story. We're going to look at some people who, by faith, believe. We're going into week two, and as you saw in there, the title of tonight's message is The Shepherd's Faith. But first, I got a very deep theological question to ask you guys at your table for you to discuss. You ready? I don't know how many of you will be able to answer this because this is really deep. What's your favorite Christmas song? And what's the least favorite Christmas song that you have? Turn to your tables, talk to each other for a few minutes, and then we'll come back up to the front of the room. Okay, back to the front of the room, if it would, please. Okay, so let me set this up for you guys, because I know Christmas songs are very important, but that's not what we're going to talk about. So it's nighttime, and what has happened up to this point of the story? Luke sets this up in the beginning of Luke chapter 2, and he explains how uh, Caesar Augustus set apart a census, and he set a census to all the land, and that's how Joseph and Mary ended up going from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Does anybody know how many days it would take them to get there, by the way, just as a side note? How many days would it have taken Mary being pregnant on a donkey, Joseph leading it? How many days do you think it would have take, taken them to get from Nazareth to Bethlehem? As the crows flies, it's about 70 miles. But in that day, going by donkey with a pregnant woman, it probably would have taken them four to seven days to get there. So they did this because Caesar Augustus set a census up. And so they go down to record. They had to go there. That's where... Uh, Joseph was from, so that's where his lineage come from. So they ended up in Bethlehem. While they're in Bethlehem, everybody knows the story of Christmas, right? <clears throat> they knock 
tried to find room in the inn, no room in the inn. They ended up in a stable. Basically, in that time, it would have been, probably been like a cave almost. It wasn't a stable like we see today where you see barns and sheds and everything built. It was more than likely some sort of a cave hewn out of a rock is what it was. And in this rock, Mary gave birth to Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior, the Lord. That's what we'll talk about in a little bit. So Luke talks about this and sets this scene up. Jesus is born in a manger in a feeding trough, which I'll talk about in a little bit. <clears throat> and then he shifts, and it's still nighttime, and Luke shifts the scene on Theophilus again. And you've got to remember, if, I love the book of Luke for that reason. It is written to a specific person. It's not written to a church. So he takes, and as Theophilus is reading this, imagine being that way. Now, you understand Joseph, Joseph and Mary going from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Okay, I get that. But in Bethlehem, she gives birth to a baby in a manger in, a, in basically a stable, be Theophilus for a second. It's nighttime. They're in the middle of nowhere. And Mary gives birth to a child that's supposed to be the Savior, Luke says. And then Luke shifts the scene here. And Luke shifts the scene still the same night in a field are a bunch of shepherds tending their sheep, minding their own business. I, I so wanted to do this, and I couldn't pull it off. I so wanted to do this out in the field in the middle of the pitch black tonight. Because I think we don't get the sense of what this looked like, how eerie this had to be. Because see, these shepherds were lowly, outcast people. <clears throat> King David was a shepherd. In that time, it was a family, it was kind of a family business. But by the time the pendulum swings to where we are at the time the Christ birth happens, shepherds are outcasts. They're in the field. Nobody allows them into the city hardly at all. <clears throat> so they're out in the field, tending their sheep at night making sure none of the animals get to them, protecting them from wandering off, whatever that looks like. They would actually build uh, like pens to put them in. And do you guys know when Jesus talks, this is, my brain's going all over the place tonight, so hang on with me. Do you know when Jesus talks about the good shepherd in John chapter 10, and he says, no one comes into, into the, I am the gate. The gate is the way into the pen. Anybody that comes over the top is a thief. The shepherd, <clears throat> to protect the sheep, when he would put them in at night, would actually lay in the, in the opening of, the, of the, the corral or whatever you want to call it at that time. So they had no gate. The shepherd would literally lay in the opening to keep animals out and keep the sheep in to protect the sheep. So that's what these shepherds are doing tonight when this is going on. So imagine it, pitch black outside, probably cool in the air. You can hear the, you can hear the sheep you know, in the background, all the noise going on, other shepherds going on, fires off in the distance, and they're a ways away from Bethlehem when all this is taking place. So I want to read this scripture to you tonight. It's uh, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20 is what I'm going to read. <clears throat> Do me a favor, two things. And I really want you guys to see if you can capture this tonight, because I think sometimes we miss this. It's nighttime. You're a shepherd in a field. You can hear the sheep. You've got your coat on. It's kind of cool outside. Stars are out. It's clear. And now Theophilus is sitting down reading this letter that Luke wrote to him. And in Luke chapter 2, verse 8, it says this. That night, I, let me put this in there. That night, Theophilus, there were shepherds staying in the field nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. <clears throat> Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the, Lord, of, of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Pause there for a second. Can you see it? Tonight, I really want you guys to see this, that you're out in the field, and all of a sudden, the angel appears. And you got to remember what we talked about last week. It had been over 400 years 
since anybody had heard from God. No prophets, no angels appearing, nothing. And all of a sudden, after 400 plus years, the shepherds are out in the field and they see this thing happening before them. And the Lord's glory shone around them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, reassured them, do not be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord. He has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the army of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those whom God has pleased. <clears throat> when the angel had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was a baby lying in a manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished or amazed. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The, shepherd went back to, the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. And it was just as the angel had told them. These shepherds, you guys got to understand how critical this is with God, of God revealing for the very first time who the Savior is and what has happened to a bunch of outcasts, to a bunch of nobodies, to somebody that culture and population would say they don't count for anything. But see, these shepherds heard what the angel said. And this is why I asked this question to you earlier. If you were Theophilus, what would you do with this? Would you be like the shepherds and would you just by faith believe what you heard? Because I see these shepherds doing this. And this is the, I, I like the picture of a shepherd because they're burly men. They got to smell a little bit. They got to have a beard. They got to be out hanging out with their buddies. They're a bunch of grunts. They're a bunch of Navy SEALs out in the middle of nowhere protecting their sheep. But yet you see this side of the angels when they're talking to these guys, how they're human and how they had to be afraid. I mean, put yourself in that position for a second. I'd be scared. I don't know what I would do. I'd be scared to death if that took place with me. But there's a tenderness to these guys that you see as well. And I think you see that in their response. The tenderness is this, that they take care of their sheep. They're protecting an animal <clears throat> that the Bible says we are sheep. The Bible refers to us as sheep in scripture. That's not a compliment. Sheep are known, if you've been around them at all, sheep are known to do this. If you get one pointed in one direction, they'll follow each other off a cliff. They're not the brightest animal in the world. So you've got men, burly men, tend tenderly tending to their sheep in the field when this takes place. But the thing I want to look at tonight, I want to look at three different things that you see here. The faith that, the faith that hears, a faith that acts, and a faith that shares. See, I think these shepherds are great examples for us, especially during this Christmas season. So you look at the first thing, a faith that hears, verses 18 to, 8 through 14. So who did they hear from? They heard from Gabriel, the angel Gabriel. It's the same angel that appeared to Mary. That's the same angel that appeared to Zechariah, John the Baptist's dad, 
in the Holy of Holies when he was doing his duties. And it's the same angel that appeared to Joseph in a dream that told him to marry Mary, that the child that, was, that Mary conceived was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And now this same angel, Angel Gabriel, he shows up in a field at night to tell them what he heard. Ultimately, though, I want you guys to get this. The angels didn't just hear from, the shepherds didn't just hear from an angel. They heard from God. For the very first time in over 400 years, God shows up on the scene. And he announces his arrival to a bunch of nobodies. That's kind of our theme this year again. We're a bunch of nobodies. That Casting Crown song, we're a bunch of nobodies wanting to tell everybody about the one who saved us, right? Make sense? Corey, is my mic hanging in there? I'm losing it. My voice is already weak enough tonight. Dylan, do you got that other one? Where you at, buddy? Am I back on now? There I am. Okay. All right. What was I talking about? Was I talking about angels or shepherds or all of them? I can't remember now. So, yeah, nobodies. Thank you. <laughs> We're a bunch of nobodies, you guys. That's what I want to be, and that's who God shows up to. So they, we know who they heard from, but what did they hear? They heard the good news of the Savior's arrival on earth. If you guys have read the book of Ezekiel, something that happens in Ezekiel that scares me to death. Ezekiel's a prophet in the Old Testament. What the, Ezekiel, what the prophet Ezekiel sees he says he saw the, the, the spirit of the Lord leave the temple and go back to heaven. See, God, he dwelt in the temple and in the tabernacle in those days, in the Old Testament times. And in the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel, I want you guys to see this. If you're in sin, here's what it looks like. When you walk away from God or God disappears, in the book of Ezekiel, the spirit of the Lord ascended into heaven. And here we see, what we see here tonight is, for the very first time, we see God returning to earth. Emmanuel, God with us. When you're looking at that baby in that, that manger scene, I want you guys this Christmas to really get your arms around who that is because that is God the Savior, Emmanuel. God sent a Savior to meet man's greatest needs. Listen, you guys, especially in 2020, there's a lot of stuff I wish God would address down here on earth. But to this day, do you know what your greatest need is? It's not to get rid of the coronavirus. <clears throat> it's not to not have to wear a mask. It's not not to have to social distance. It's not that you can't meet with your family any longer. Your greatest need is to be forgiven of your sin. It's salvation. That is the greatest need of all mankind. They were also given a sign, and so are we. And this sign was for a purpose, not, not to find the baby, but to identify the baby. And you see this baby's identification you, y'all, you've seen gender reveals, right? Gender reveals drive me crazy. I think it's one of the goofiest things we've ever come up with in this world, but this is the very first gender reveal. And what is being revealed here is not the gender of the, of the baby in the manger. We know he's a boy. What's being revealed is this. He's the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord, who provides peace on earth with whom God is pleased. The peace on earth is not after war. It's not military conflict peace. It's peace in here. Everybody look up at me. We need peace in here. We don't need peace around us. We're not going to have peace around us on a fallen world, in a fallen world, you guys. It's not going to happen. 
There's always going to be turmoil of some sort. Jesus makes it very clear. You're going to go through trials of many kinds. But take heart. I have overcome. When I first got saved, some of you heard me talk about this and some of you haven't. I was 38 years old when I first gave my life to Christ. Went forward on a Sunday morning at church. Knelt down, gave my life to Christ. Got up. My wife and my wife, Rachel and I, we didn't talk about it at all the whole day. Never spoke a word about it. I knelt down, gave my life to Christ, got up, and I was different. My whole life had changed. And finally that night, laying in bed, my wife and I are laying in bed, and she rolls over and she says, what's it like? What's it like to be saved, to experience salvation? And you know what I told her? Not knowing anything about the Bible. I didn't know there were different books. I knew nothing. I didn't know what John 3.16 was. But I knew I needed to give my life over to the Lord so that I could be healed and fixed. And I looked at Rachel and I said, Rachel, it's peaceful. Peaceful. Who provides peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. And God is pleased when he's in a relationship with us. My whole life had changed. The shepherds believed by faith the message they received from God, you guys. Do you? Do you believe by, come on, be honest with yourself. God's already talking to you. Do you really believe by faith this stuff that we're reading tonight? Come on, you guys, that was a long time ago, wasn't it? Shepherds in a field, angels, come on, Dan, you gotta be crazy. These stories are real. They're not fictional. This happened. And you see a group of shepherds here. Remember Theophilus? I wonder what he had to think. I wonder if he was like, because I don't think Theophilus was a believer. I think he was a seeker. Our belief should impact our behavior, shouldn't it? If we believe it's cold outside, we're not, well, most of you wouldn't go outside in shorts. Corey would. (laughs) If it's 10 below, Corey's got a pair of shorts and a t-shirt on. But you understand? Our belief should impact our behavior. Should it not? Does your belief impact your behavior? When you're not in this room on a Wednesday night, what you, what you confess you believe in here on a Wednesday, does it impact your behavior on a Friday or Saturday night? The next thing we see is our, that's where you see the, the, the shepherds now shift from a faith that hears, they heard, and by faith they believe. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, Scripture says. So now you see the second point is this, faith acts. I love, I love what the scripture here says. The shepherds lollygagged, sort of got around to it, worked their way into Bethlehem. No, it says the shepherds hurried into Bethlehem to see this thing that had happened. Not to see if it had happened, but to see the thing that had happened. Do you, when you get up in the morning or you read, you get ready to read your Bible and you pray, do you hurry? I'm not talking physically, but in your heart, are you eager to go see this thing that this book tells us about. This thing that we read and we confess that we believe, do you hurry in your heart to spend time in it? Honestly, sometimes I can't say I hurry. Sometimes I do it because I'm supposed to. Is that okay with you guys if I'm just honest? I'm a pastor. Sometimes I'm tired. I don't feel good. I get a little cranky. I'm busy. So there are times when I don't hurry to this and it convicts me. And it, makes, it challenges my heart to see if I'm the type of guy that's going to hurry 
to Bethlehem to find the baby. And that this, this idea of let's go suggests that these men had to go some distance to do this. They had to work to get to where they were going. How much effort do you put into your walk with Christ? Because here's what I know. A solid walk as a Christian is going to you're going to have to put effort into it. And you're going to have to make yourself do it. You're going to have to put the effort in to do it when you don't want to. Do you think Jesus Christ could have found a different way out of what he did for us? I love Christmas, but I think sometimes we lose sight of the fact of what Christmas is really all about. I got Santa Clauses, I got Christmas trees, I got villages, I got nativity scenes, I've got all that stuff at my house. But I never lose sight on the fact of who this child is in this, in this manger that we see here. And I, I like the idea that they, they were located a distance away and they had to work to get there. And the idea that says they found the baby, this, this Greek verb here is they had to search. This wasn't something they hit Main Street and everybody was gathered around to see what was going on. You get the sense by the words that are used here in the Greek, they had to search out the child. Do you search the scriptures as a Christian to find the truth? Or are you reading the Bible and searching the scriptures to try to prove it wrong and false? Do you hurry? Do you put effort into your walk? And do you search the scriptures like these shepherds did because they believed what they heard? And because they believed it impacted the way they lived their life. The angel Gabriel told them what to look for. That's how they knew when they found him. A newborn baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth or swaddling clothes, some other scriptures say, and lying in a manger. Can you see it? You're walking along and all of a sudden you see it from a distance. You can see it over there. And you're like, it's there. It's real. You ever had that experience as a Christian? When you want it so bad to believe something's true, and all of a sudden you see it come right before your eyes, it comes to life. And these shepherds come up and they saw this baby in a manger, a feeding trough for animals. That feeding trough has been stuck in my head for over a week. Because to me, what are you feeding on? That's what God kept asking me Dan, what are you feeding on in this world? Are you like Daniel and you're, you're, you vow not, you're, you, you resolve not to eat from the king's table? Or I feed a little bit of that trough that's the Bible and then I feed a lot out of this thing called the world. You can't have two diets in this deal. They walked up and they saw Jesus himself laying in a manger, a feeding trough for animals. And you know what they did? They worshiped him and they marveled at God's grace and his goodness and at the miracle that God had sent them. Do you? Man, see, this has been very convicting for me as I put this together the last couple of weeks. They worshiped him, and they marveled at God's grace and the goodness and the miracle that had been sent to them. I never want you to lose sight of the fact that you're saved. Because I really believe if you never get over being saved, if you never forget what God's done for you, you will always worship him, marvel at the grace of God and his goodness, and you will believe it's a miracle what God's done for you. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. 
Jesus Christ came from heaven to earth as a baby in a manger to a world that Simeon told us last week, many will rise and many will fall because of this Lord, because of this, because of this baby. The shepherds are a good example for us, you guys, today to receive by faith the message that God has sent to us. And then they responded, I love this word, immediately. They responded immediately to what they believed that they heard and then they saw. But they just, by faith of what they heard, their behavior was different. The third thing is this, and this will be quick. Faith shares, verses 17 through 20. Finding a baby was not enough for the shepherds. It just wasn't enough. Jeremiah puts it this way. You're like a fire in my bones, the prophet Jeremiah says. He couldn't help but talk about God. Is being saved just enough for you? Or are you going to be like the shepherds and go tell everybody around what, the, what you heard and what you saw? And everybody they told were astonished or amazed. Do you know why? Because the shepherds were convicted in their heart that what they experienced was truth. You want a heart that goes out and tells people about God? You don't care what anybody else thinks. You're shouting it from the rooftops in your heart. The way you live your life, the obedience that you have, people will ask you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. And when you watch these shepherds, you see them do that. And one word characterized everybody, amazed. Not saved. Not everybody they told accepted this truth, but they were amazed to hear what had happened. And I'm sure the shepherds told Joseph and Mary. Now be Joseph and Mary for a second. All of a sudden these these gruff old looking guys, these burly looking fellows come wandering up to where your baby's laying in a manger. And then they start to tell you all the things they'd heard and all the things that came true. Can you see it? In a cave hewn out of a rock, an animal trough, feeding trough sitting there with your child laying in it and all of a sudden these guys show up. Okay, Theophilus, what do you think? Do you believe it? Or are you still questioning? Are you still wondering? Yeah, you know, it's just a story. It's not a story. Gabriel had told Mary the baby would reign forever. The shepherds had told her about what the angel said, that he is the Savior, Christ the Lord. You guys have to understand, the last command that Jesus gives the disciple in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, is to go. Because of all this stuff, therefore go. And tell everyone and make everyone disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is a humble privilege that God's picked us to tell this story. I thought about this tonight. I thought, I am so not equipped to share this story with you guys. So I'm banking on God's heart, God's Holy Spirit speaking to your heart tonight, that this might land on you in a unique way tonight. That this faith that you're hearing about, that these shepherds have, might change the way you act. And you may be a really good Christian right now, but you're never where you need to be. Because about the time you think you're where you need to be, you will stop growing. I want you to hear me in that again. I'm going to say it again. If as a Christian, you think you're where you need to be, you will stop growing. I promise you, I'm not the man I want to be before God yet. And I won't be until I hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant, when I'm standing before him or on my face before him. So as a Christian, we should never stop growing. We should never stop going and telling people about the Lord. The shepherds came and found what God had told them to expect. They shared their findings with all who would listen. And then they turned around. I love this part. 
Then they turned around and went back to work. They turned around and went back into the field where nobody was. But I'm guessing, I'm just guessing, the song in their heart was a little bit different than earlier in the evening because they had encountered the Savior, the Messiah, God himself. And because of that encounter, it changed them forever. Has it you? Turn to your small groups, answer some questions, and we'll close here in just a few minutes, you guys. I'm going to close with a video tonight, and you guys, some of you, most of you will know this song. Um, here's at the end of this. Corey, if you'd bring up that last slide, please. God, what God had said, God had done. How powerful is that? What God had said, God had done. We watched this story unfold, the Christmas story, but I want to play a video for you guys, a song by Casting Crowns, Glorious Day. And I want you to listen to this story because if you are in here tonight and you don't know all the story of Scripture, it's like we were talking about at our table, what God had said, God had done, Jesus Christ, his first advent, his first showing on earth was from heaven to earth as a child. That's the first advent. The second advent is when he returns. And we talked about that last week. He is coming back. And this story or this, this song tells the story, the whole story of the gospel from the beginning to the end. Listen to the words, spend some time in prayer, allow God to search your heart, give you some conviction tonight to strengthen you. But listen to this song and then we'll close in prayer. Father in heaven, in the quiet of this room, I don't know where everyone's heart is at with you, but I do know this. You love us, and you're faithful to speak to us wherever we're at as we sit in this chair in regards to our relationship with you. There may be some in here tonight, Lord, that don't know you, that are still seeking truth and not made that decision yet. And there's some in here, Lord, that need to by faith, turn back to you. Repent of sin and begin to walk side by side with you again. And then there's others in here that have a strong walk with you, Lord, that are doing well, honoring you, bringing glory to your name, being faithful in all that they do. May they never forget. It's by your grace that we do that. It is not by our own strength, Lord. This is a life of surrender. This is a life where we see these shepherds surrendering to truth to go into Bethlehem to seek out this baby that the angel had told them about. I pray, light, I pray, Lord, tonight that each person in here, including myself, with resolve, Lord, would we, with resolve, we would continue to walk by faith. Faith comes through hearing and hearing the word of God. And I pray that that hearing, Lord, impacts our behavior as it did these shepherds that we would be hurried in our heart to spend time with you, that we would seek out truth, spend time to search things out in Scripture and not be lazy Christians, Lord. And what we hear would change how we behave and would bring you glory by doing it, not to earn salvation, Lord, but to bring you glory, to praise the one who died for us. And Lord, help us to go out and share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, especially now, Lord. With everything going on in the world, Lord, we have the answer, and that answer is in a person, Jesus. 
Good, faithful Christians live to your glory and they're good for communities, Lord. Those people are good for towns and cities and nations around the globe. We're different, holy, set apart by your grace and to your glory. So I pray tonight, Lord, for each person in this room, including myself, as we look at this Christmas story, as we look at the manger scenes that we see around our community, that we remember what the angel told the shepherds that night. Tonight, there's a, today there's been born a baby in Bethlehem who is Christ the Lord, Savior, Messiah, King. May he be that to us by faith. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.